When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, uh, that galaxy over there, and our galaxy right here in Southern California and the world beyond, this is Four Center presents Other Center. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landau. And Joseph, today we're, we've got cues of the other, yeah? 
Yes, absolutely. And put out a fresh call to our patrons on Patreon. And we got a lot of different and interesting questions coming in that will keep us bouncing back and forth from the, the seasonal, the topical, to the evergreen, to the deadly serious, to the deadly silly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, we go all over the place around these spots there. Um, before we get to all of that, we are going to, uh, you know, as always, that uh, you can um, support the podcast by going to Audible because that's what the podcast is brought to you by. Audible. Get a free audiobook download. I got the script in front of me finally. And a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash forcefinner. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Right now, we have a recommendation of a book you should try out on Audible. And you know what? I just looked it up, and uh, he didn't ask me to do this. You should check out Comedy of Doom uh, by <laughs> Joseph Scrimshaw, narrated by Joseph Scrimshaw, Bill Corbett, and uh, Shannon Custer, uh, among others over there. It's uh, available for your ears, and you could support the jo- Joseph and the show in the process by getting the Comedy of Doom uh, by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book. From that to an ask, sir. Yeah, well, thank you very much for promoting the book, which is um, uh, old. It's 11 <laughs> years old. So get it for the parts that make you legitimately laugh and then get it for the jokes that are like, that is uh, referencing a television show that is long gone. Long gone. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on to the ask. Uh, we have been asking uh, listeners if you're enjoying the other center era of Force Center while we support the SAG after strike to leave a review on Apple Podcasts uh, celebrating what you enjoy about this era of our podcast. A couple of you left some really nice reviews of Other Center, and it is deeply appreciated. It is indeed. It is indeed. So head over there, uh, subscribe, review, anywhere you can. It helps. But the Apple ones really help. It helps uh, us in the rankings, which helps with numbers, which helps with ads, which helps with the life of this podcast. Plus, you know, it's nice to hear good things every now and then. <laughs> We're going to go into some questions here. Jennifer is uh, with us. Uh, I think last week uh, you had to step out, Jen. So I uh, love hearing all your takes on this. And we've got a lot of things uh, to get to, Joseph. Yeah, yes. that's right. Uh, the The first question here comes from Bill Rooklyn, <laughs> uh, which is uh, written with the B in all caps in the Rooklyn. So I'm assuming this is this is a Bill who lives in Brooklyn. Bill Rooklyn. Bill Rooklyn asks, was there a local lore scary story from where you grew up that frightened you? Uh, Jennifer and Ken, we've talked about you uh, growing up in, in similar spaces. So maybe you have a similar story. But Jennifer, do you have a local lore scary story? Um, you know, I was thinking about this and there was only two things that came to mind. And the first one was when I worked at Disneyland, there was a lot of, yeah, like, you know, the tunnels underground, people getting decapitated on rides or getting injured, right? Yes. 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 They don't like to talk about it, but I will say that I was working, um, one time as Jasmine in uh, Frontier, no, we were we worked in Adventureland, but next to us is Frontierland, and we were out there doing what's called a meet and greet. My Aladdin and I, maybe even Genie, and all of a sudden we saw, and it was kind of a uh, it was a weekday. There wasn't a lot of people. It was kind of quiet. We saw uh, Jesse, the the character from Toy Story, like the you know big headed character, and somebody else. I don't know if it was like uh, somebody random, like Goofy or something, running towards us, like literally, like out of a movie. <laughs> with it. I don't want to say terrified look on their face because I couldn't see their faces, but their arms were like waving, and they're like something terrible has just happened on Big Thunder Mountain, uh, and I'm. 
again, they're very quiet about this kinds of things. Uh, but I know an ambulance came. Mm. I think that somebody was either thrown from the ride mm. because of their own, like they stood up, one of those kinds mm. of things. Mm. And it was there was a lot of uncertainty about whether the person was killed, how badly they were injured, blah, 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 blah. And we were like, oh, shoot. So we all had to go inside and they canceled the meet and greet. And it was like, oh, my gosh, like what's going to happen? I don't know what happened, to be honest, because mm. they, mm. they made that go rate real fast. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was this was before social media. So, I mean, can you imagine? Oh, yeah. I cannot oh, imagine how that would have been handled. No, now. the million videos of, of Goofy running in terror through the park, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, there was a lot of stuff like that, but it's hard to get it out of people because they don't, they don't want to talk about that side of, mm-hmm. of Disney. Understandably so, um, because it is a very safe place and a happiest place on earth. But sometimes <laughs> tragedy strikes, like the America Sings ride where somebody got stuck as this, it was like this, these revolving, can do you remember that? Yeah. The, the America uh-huh. Sings ride? Uh-huh. Where it's like, how would you describe it? Like these revolving Doors? rooms? Yeah, rooms. Yeah. And it slowly spins, right? And it, it's yes. now, now we're like one of the Star Wars bays is, or at least was last time I was there. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. And somebody uh, went behind the, where you're not supposed to be and they got smushed, mm-hmm. crushed between the two uh, walls or whatever. Mm. And that's why they had to get rid of that ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, okay. I, mm, I'm fascinated by this stuff here. And and I know right? we might be riding some lines with what we're talking about in terms of, of characters. So I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to be careful, but uh, the yeah. lore of Disneyland is, is fascinating. I know there's a very pop, popular YouTube channel, the Funkland, which I've watched from time to time. I get it. Uh, there are deaths that are confirmed that one, uh, the, mm-hmm. the mast of the ship, the Columbia fallen and hitting someone. I remember oh. that one. Uh, a lot of stuff, but I grew up. You feel like just heart attacks too, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I was there one time when I was, I was pretty sure there was a bomb threat going on or a, a suspicious device. And it was the only time in the years I've gone there where you saw that they were like evacuating quietly as they could part of like Fantasyland. Mm. A bunch of staff. And, I, you know, this is, this was, I was still working as a security director. And I, I just, I, I was there with, with a friend who worked in the malls as well. We both were like, Oh, something's going down because all these people in suits are talking. <laughs> like, yeah. Weird. No. Oh, let's just casually. Oh, there's 15 cast members here slowly pushing everyone out of this area. Like, oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a bomb. This is a bomb device. Um, uh, suspicious device. So that, but, but the one I grew up with, because I've talked, I talked about uh, here before about uh, being afraid of Space Mountain and, and that being mm. a fear my mom tr- kind of transferred onto me. My kid, friends in elementary school, we all heard the story that someone stood up and they got decapitated and the head yes. landed on the car. And I don't, to this day, don't know if that's true or not, but man, it scared me for a long time. Mm-hmm. It, it feels real close. It feels like don't, don't stand up in there. Yeah. Yeah. When they turn the lights on, when, when you ever you see mm-hmm. them turn the lights on in Space Mountain, you do see, you're like, oh, th- it is. Pretty close if you were yeah. to stand up. That's not good. And just yeah. how, yeah, it, it looks a little sketchy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, when the lights are on, yeah. You're like, this? Um, yeah, so I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, you know, it, I love little, you know, yes, there's a basketball car, court up in Matterhorn. Yeah, all that kind of stuff you get through. It's it's the, the but like that that one, I was like seven or eight and I heard that. And then you just mm. repeat it as fact to the next yes. one. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yes. Jennifer, did you get exposed to stories that, either you knew weren't true or were like, I, you, you didn't know whether that was verified or not. 
There were, yeah, there was a lot of like rumors. Um, <clears throat> the tunnels are, I mean, that's, that's real. I mm-hmm. went down those. I wouldn't even really call them. Well, yeah, they are tunnels. Um, Mm-hmm. But there's just a lot like what's crazy is that I remember everything is so hush hush. I once was going through Tomorrowland and I think someone was shoplifting and, I, you know, I, just like normal store. And all of a sudden it was like these people just suddenly emerged, these security guys. Mm-hmm. They were dressed like tourists. Yeah. And yeah. Boom, like five of them just got <laughs> on this person, quickly escorted it out. Like they did take a lot to preserve the mm-hmm. magic of the mm-hmm. place, right? Like you're talking about Ken. It's just like do <laughs> very quietly, very, you know, calmly. Um, but yeah, there is that other side, which I find fascinating, but it is hard to get it verified. Yes. Yeah. You know, some people can really take it like, oh, okay, that seems a bit silly. Mm-hmm. But I know what I saw that day in Adventureland. That's, and yeah. <laughs> it was there was like my what they're called leads, like our, you know, our mm-hmm. managers, like they were concerned and freaked mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. so something was going down yeah mm-hmm. I, I did an episode of uh, my old obsessed podcast with somebody who is obsessed with uh, these kinds of uh, behind the scenes disney stories um and mm-hmm. she had been talking about that because many many people have wonderful times there and love it that there is uh, uh problems with people wanting to scatter remains of loved ones in various oh. water features yeah you ever inc- encounter mm-hmm. that jennifer I did not, but I've heard about that. I yeah, that's that's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've actually been there, but one time prior to the Caribbean got shut down, and we were taken out, and and that was immediately the number one rumor coming out of the line. Mm. Ash, yeah, which may have been true or not in that particular case, I don't know, but yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, mm. fascinating stuff. How about you, Ken? Uh, any local lore stories that were not yeah. the kid on Space Mountain? Yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my so my hometown area, uh, Central Coast, California, there is uh, a place, uh, it's called the Napomo Mesa. It's just the city of Napoma and the, Napomo, and there's a giant mesa. You have to get up to one point, like literally you have to drive up this long road. And, um, it's a it's, uh, cool spot. And then there's, uh, it, it was more a quote-unquote country road when I was growing up. It's a, it's There's a lot more developments and housing tracks and all that kind of stuff up there, right? Um, but there was, there's a giant dip in the road. Like we're talking, you'd go drive down and at the bottom of the hill was our town's white lady myth, right? Um, mm. the white lady haunting you appears in your car is I think every town has it. Right. Um, but I had heard it, um, you know, as I've said before, I'm easily scared. So <laughs> as you can ignore, but once I started driving and I like my, my dad, uh, my dad, um, even when, when I was growing up, he would he just gets in his car and I uh, just drive. And he loves taking the quote unquote country roads, the back roads in our town. You don't have to take the freeway. And I, the moment I got my 1981 Ford Fairmont, just that's the thing I love mm-hmm. doing. If I if I go into town visiting now, um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell my mom and dad. All right, I'll, I'll be back in about an hour and just gonna go drive. Um, and the first time I started had my license and I had my car and I went down the hill, like every detail of that story suddenly jumped back in my mind. And I would often be late coming back from my friend's house and everything would be like midnight and you're going through there and it can kind of get foggy and it's out mm. there nowhere. And I don't believe any of it except for when I'm there in that car at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the white lady doesn't appear in my car and ask about her children. Um, and it just, it, I, I, like I said, this is a very, I've, I've looked this up, even the white lady thing and it's, it, it's not 
just ours, you know, but it's our mm. place where this is. And there was one point in high school, like my friends and I, we actually were, we weren't like pranky wild kids, but we were filming something, but we got out of the, out of our cars in that area around, uh, you know, midnight, 1230 one night. And, you know, there's train tracks, no trains, and you hear every sound and all we're 17, 18 years old. All of us at once were like, you know, we got the white lady, man, we got to get out of here. And, and we hadn't discussed it before. It wasn't like we all sat down and we're like, Hey, we're going to the white lady. We just all grew up in that area. And we all heard the story. And so, uh, that's ours. And then years, I'd kind of forgot about, not forgot about it, but hadn't really t- talked about it. Years later, I reconnected with an old friend from high school named Manu Intereme, who would go on to appear in some Star Trek stuff as, as Ichib. And he, he, he wrote a screenplay and he goes, Hey, can I have you read this? And it was based on a lot of things that happened in our, our town, including there's a, there's two very famous murders that happened there. And there was one horrendous one that happened. Um, and he kind of incorporated some of the elements of that and everything, but he had white, the white lady stuff in it. And I just, I wrote it back, like, this is great because that freaked, that took me back to being 12. <laughs> and I just love it. So anyways, that's our local lore. There's also a place nearby, not too far from there called the Crystal Rose Inn. It was also the Rose Victorian Inn. And you can find it listed on supposed haunted locations as well. So there's some myths around that as well, that maybe it's the white lady's cousin. Wow. So was the myth that the white lady would appear in the backseat of your car and, and would she allegedly in the myth do something to you? Or was this truly deep fear of a, a lady's going to show up and talk to me about her feelings in the backseat of my car? <laughs> that could have been a major problem for all of us uh, young suburban boys. Yeah, it's something around uh, if you're there at midnight at the bottom of the hill, she'll appear in her car. She her, she may have lost her children in a you know stagecoach accident or something. Mm. You know, back in the day. Mm. And she'll she'll ask you in a haunted voice, "Where are my kids?" and I, I, nobody got time for that. I don't want that. I don't want that in my Ford Fairmont. So I would try to. No, that that's perfectly creepy by itself. Absolutely. Yeah, if uh, yeah. it, you know, honestly, if you're just parked at the side uh, of a street and a totally corporeal woman got in the backseat of your car, that would be <laughs> that would be sad and creepy and alarming and all those things. Yeah. But yeah. it is just funny when you look at like ghost stories of like and and don't do this or the you know they'll pull your intestines out of your nose. <laughs> like <laughs> the same ghost yeah, story yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. A sad lady will talk to you about her feelings. Like no. Never. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny you know, if you if, if, if talk to someone a little bit more connected to that world, even even my fiance Grace, like they they might say that. Well, if you were if she is in your car, maybe just do talk to her about that. Maybe ask her. Oh, I'm so sorry. Can I help? You? And maybe it's a good experience. But our fuel will take over. <laughs> it's just like a really good Uber ride. Just, <laughs> just roll with it. Whatever they want to talk about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't think I, uh, I don't think I, I don't remember any particular, this house's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this spirit will demand this, leave two quarters here or this will happen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, m- my dad, I, I don't think he meant it to be like a, a scary local lore thing. I think it was just something that a paranoia he had grown up with because he grew up in a rural, uh, mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. of Minnesota with the extremely heavy winters. But he told us from a young age, like, when it snows, you have to shovel immediately or it might pile up and you'll be stuck inside. <laughs> oh. So that that scared me. Uh, he just meant it practically because yeah. in rural areas, yeah, if you're in a blizzard, you got to get yourself out before you get trapped in there. Yeah, um, but for me, it was like, oh, there's a half an inch of snow. <laughs> we'll be trapped inside forever. And then when I got to my teen years, like, wait, this is this is BS. Um, <laughs> the only haunted house thing, I honestly don't know if it was 
actually a longstanding myth or was something like the older kids made up that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It lived in a, a suburb, a close suburb of uh, Minneapolis. And it's funny to say now, but there people are like, did you know about the house? Like what house? That spooky house. Like what's spooky about it? And like, well, some things happen there. Like what things? We, we can't say. Like well, what's spooky about it? That it's on stilts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was on a hill. So it had stilts, which in Minnesota is not a common thing, which is funny mm-hmm. to me now. Like I walk a block in Los Angeles and like all these houses are on stilts because mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, they're built in the hills. You know, it's just just geography. Mm-hmm. Um you know, what What could really spook somebody in California is this house has a basement in the rest of the world. Like, yeah, it's a house thing. Uh, but for me at the time, like, ooh, a house on the stilts. And it was uh, kind of at the end of a block to my recollection. Uh, so it had a kind of wooded area. So you could kind of um, walk through this sort of wooded uh, path and see the house on stilts. And uh, the na- neighbor kids uh, all wanted to do it. So the only spooky thing that actually happened is we're going down the hill and it was muddy and uh, my brother started sliding and his hand flew out and whapped me in the face and, uh, and sent my glasses flying into the mud. And then it very quickly went from spooky, creepy. Is there a mean old man in the house on stilts who'll come out with a shotgun to, I lost my glasses. (laughs) 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 It was like a very weird, like a very real, not spooky, just, problem like, oh, I, no. I can't see and it was you know the and my parents can't afford another pair so i'm mm. just so that that was the uh, the haunted house experience was digging in the mud for hours finding my glasses <laughs> which i finally did oh my gosh and a white lady showed up and said are these your spectacles <laughs> <laughs> you clearly have very bad astigmatism oh, yeah no. yeah that was my haunted experience Love it. Love it. Great question, Bill Rooklyn. And hey, Bill Mm -hmm. Rooklyn, if you want to let us know your answer to this question, anybody on Patreon, if you want to respond to your own question and and let us know the answer and keep the conversation going on Patreon, feel free to do so because I'm very curious uh, what what your local lore stories might be. But we're going to move on to our next question from Bell. Uh, Bell says, I love road trips and am a sucker for roadside attractions. World's largest prairie dog? Check. Any mystery spot? Heck yeah. Give me three weeks in 2,500 miles and I'm a happy camper. What's your take on road trips? Uh, Ken, you do a lot of road trips uh, out of out of practicality, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you love road trips in and of themselves? I do. I do. I, I, I love them. Uh, I, like I said earlier, I love uh, I love driving. I, I know a good walkable city is, a, is something I appreciate more now than I think I did in a, in a smaller town where I didn't need to walk. You just get in the Fairmont and drive. Uh, <laughs> but I do love it. And whether it's, uh, you know, driving six hours to a gig in Arizona or it's about three hours to my hometown, that's not much of a road trip. But, you know, if you stop for food, it becomes one. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I've driven cross country twice uh, on uh, the 40 route uh, to East Tennessee. And unfortunately, it couldn't take as much time. But uh, there's just something that I like it. Uh, I like about it. I don't st- stop as much as... Um, like Bell's suggesting here with these mystery spots. And is that a giant 30 foot cross? What is that over there? And why is that? <laughs> I do love it. And I love watching things like that. I was a, a fan. Uh, I think he passed away about 2012 of Huel Hauser in the show, California's gold. Mm. Never seen how Huel Hauser, excuse me. Huel Hauser is just a, a absolute, just legendary character here in, in California. This show on KCT where he just would travel. Sometimes it'd just be like pink's hot dogs. Other times it would be like, 
you know, wow, look at this big rock on the side of the highway. Where do we, we get a shot of this rock? And and I love stuff like that. And there's there's a there's a YouTube subculture of just people who are like, oh, I bet you didn't know there's a monorail in the desert outside of Vegas. Uh, here it is. Here's the remains mm. of it. Um, so I wish I had a little bit more time to explore like that. But there's just something open road, some music. I don't stop for food, uh, or I try to not stop for food or gas until you get on the road. Like, don't just get going, and then you pull off maybe. 20 miles or an hour in and, and get some food and gas and, and keep on going. It's just, uh, yeah, love, love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. I love, uh, I love road trips. I read on the road when I was pretty young and that was like, Oh, the, the romance of that. Um, <laughs> and I love the, the, you know, the truth of them that they're kind of this emotional roller coaster where it's, it is this sort of the, the fun and the freedom and the way America was really sold, uh, uh, cars and, mm-hmm. and freeways of like, nothing can stop you. You can go anywhere. Everything's connected. Um, but then, you know, being from the Midwest, sometimes there's like, you start out on a road trip and like freedom, we can go anywhere. We can do anything. How about looking at corn for about 10 hours, you know, freedom <laughs> adventure. So like there's this, there, there's this part of, even if, when you're in the most beautiful, interesting, exotic to you, uh, you know, countryside, there's also this sort of like this tension between the excitement and the tedium. Mm-hmm. Uh, of it, which is just like really unique and fascinating. And then it becomes about your rituals of where you stop, what you eat, what you listen to, who you're with, uh, yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff. So it becomes this, this great thing. Uh, I, I think a love for them for me also got in real young. I uh, mentioned before that I, you know, grew up, uh, I was born in Brainerd, Minnesota, a small town up North in, in Minnesota. And then uh, my parents moved out to Portland, Oregon. And we drove in a station wagon there mm-hmm. and then lived there for two years and then we drove back and I have all these foggy dreamlike memories of you know waterfalls we stopped at and I've mm-hmm. never been able to uh, look up and ascertain exactly which one it was but some weird uh, dinosaur park uh, that just Ooh. had dinosaur statues that uh, was on a it was on a hill and there was no uh, fence and I just remember sticking my my little shoe out over that just mm-hmm. abyss it's, it, I, I want to find it because someday maybe it'll be like, yeah, it was 20 feet. Uh, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> right. but it felt to me like that's, is that a bottomless pit? Uh, so the, the romance, the, you know, uh, bought some very specific that I remember to this day, Star Wars action figures that were like, mm-hmm. I found these on the road. You can only find these on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. All that romance got in, in real early. Um, so I love, I love uh, road trips. I like stopping at, at weird things, particularly in the era of social media. Isabel is asking, like, if there's like a weird Americana restaurant with like this restaurant has a rat for a statue. Like, I got it. I need a photo of that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely uh, love that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Final thing I'm going to say, and then I want to. I really want to hear what Jennifer has to say. Uh, I, I do love that. Just like even if you know the route, it is just sort of anything can happen. Um, mm-hmm. My wife and I have driven back and forth from LA to San Francisco for the, uh, the San Francisco sketch fest several times. One of the last times we did, uh, there was like a road closure at night and it was just like, well, you, you just, you got to take this, you know, little connecting County road between mm-hmm. major freeways and like n- no big deal. Right. Uh, but the weather conditions were perfect to create like a Victorian Dracula fog mist. Can't see mm-hmm. two feet in front of you on a winding, you know, county road that you've never been on before with nothing but other headlights i hope it's headlights mm-hmm. in the distance maybe mm-hmm. and it, it's that mix of true adventure that's like a adventure defined as 
in, incredibly scary stuff that you live through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then when you're done, like I had an adventure, it, mm. you never know what's going to happen. It, it, that's what I love about it too. Jennifer, what's your relationship with road trips and weird things on the road? I used to love road trips before children. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to put were, words in your mouth, but I was waiting. For yeah, yeah, we did a road trip north, and it was pretty. It was pretty painful. Um, but before kids, you know, I used to love getting my road trip snacks, figuring mm. out what we're going to stop for if we're going to have some food. Um, my husband and I, we used to organize our playlists. And then in more recent years, we would get into like, you know, let's figure out what podcast episodes we're going to listen to. I drove to Portland with my sister years ago. That was really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I love road trips. My husband actually wants to get a VW van so we can go camping. He's (laughs) fist pumping right now. He's in the kitchen. All right. Hold on. I grew up in one of those, Jen. I grew up in one of those. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll talk off air. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, we, dreams, but yeah, it actually looked pretty appealing. Uh, the people that we saw around our campsites, they had their different campers and v- mm-hmm. there was this VW uh, van. One night they were playing Nightmare for Christmas. Sorry to mention this. Mm-hmm. One night they had a Nightmare for Christmas movie night with their big TV and their VW van. Mm-hmm. The next night they had Halloween. I was like, that looks like freaking fun i want to do that they had a sweet setup so maybe we'll do a road trip yeah. in a camper or a van yeah. and go camping yeah. who am yeah. i my husband's shaking his head uh <laughs> is is it no we're not doing that is it he think i did one weekend of camping which he did everything my first question that i asked him was should i bring a suitcase <laughs> <laughs> he was like what so yeah and it was not true camping there were bathrooms there and things things like that but i don't know wouldn't that be kind of fun go across the u.s go camping in a van sarah and i have have talked about that because we we saw more people do it uh, of course during the pandemic where you can like rent uh you know Mm -hmm. uh whatever whatever kind of camper van you know you you Mm. can go up to like it's a small apartment on wheels to you know it's a slightly larger van and you go to the bathroom outside and deal Mm -hmm. with it uh, you know, there's that range of options, but there is uh, there's something so appealing about that. I love the little like you're you, the the ones that got a little table inside. And you're like, mm-hmm. I can, yes, I, I can sit here and drink coffee yes. in the morning while somebody else drives. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, um, I I don't know if y'all know who Eric Striffler is of the YouTube brand. Uh, pretty much it. Um, great Mm-mm. guy, friend of of uh, Wangers and Schmoes and all that kind of world. But he about six seven years ago now. Um, he lived in New York, his family's from there as well, sold, uh, or got out, got out of his apartment, got a van and has lived in his van for six or seven years driving around the country. Wow. And, you know, he'll, he'll get an Airbnb, he'll go back home. I, I actually, he was in New York when we were there. We literally ran into him on the street randomly in Manhattan. It was, it was crazy. Um, <sighs> and you know, you first hear about it, you're like, that sounds cool. And then you're like, I don't know. And then you, you go to his van when he's in town and you're like, I get it. I want it. <laughs> There's just pretty something, sweet. something about it. It's not always the easiest, uh, but uh, he doesn't. He has, uh, you know, he runs his YouTube channel on the road from there, a pretty successful brand. And uh, there's something about it that I'm like, I, it's not functional for me uh, right now in my life, but I don't know. I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. Jennifer, do you love the the quirky roadside, the sort of the Americana of things that you would not really see anywhere else, but on the side of a road? 
Oh, I love that. I love that. But you know, I haven't really ventured outside of California on a road trip, I must admit. I am sure that there is so much more to explore uh, going to other places besides up and down the coast of California, which is pretty much all I have done. But That's, there's a lot of great things to see. Up to pretty beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We drove we drove from when we moved here, we drove from Minneapolis uh, to LA and that we were we were trying to go fast, but that was great fun to just see so how how uh, vastly different uh, different parts of America are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it, yeah. I remember driving that forty through the the top of Texas, right where you're up there, just like mm-hmm. this never ends. You hit Oklahoma, like immediately the the dirt is red. Like it's just it's you know wow. Mexico, and it's like it's like these invisible walls are up, and it's like okay, well, now we've changed the wallpaper of the state. It's something new now. It's it's really. Mm. That yeah. is fascinating. Absolutely. Great, great uh, thoughts, man. We, we recorded our episode about favorite drinks. Now I just want to have all my favorite drinks in the back of an RV. Anyway, great question, Bell. Uh, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more cues of the other. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to Other Center. We are, man, we're having a lot of fun getting scared by ghosts, getting in our vans and driving around the country and seeing all the mystery spots we can find. It's been a lot of fun. Great questions today. And uh, Joseph, we got one more left. That's right. We have one more question that is actually sneakily two questions, which we entirely support. Uh, this comes to us from Ben Berkowitz. And Ben has a question for all of us. And then Ben also has a question for the Oasis fans among us. Uh, I, I, even though I asked, I think on air, for Ken to remind me of what Oasis's famous songs are, I don't remember. I am deeply, deeply Oasis ignorant. I apologize. It has nothing to do uh, with any judgment. Uh, I, Ken, I know you're big on Oasis. Jennifer, I can't remember. Are you an Oasis fan? I like Oasis, but I only know a few of their songs, but I did a little research for okay. this episode. <laughs> great, great. Well, let's uh, let's save Oasis for the big finish, and we'll do the, the general question first uh, that Ben has for everyone. Uh, ben asks, uh, do you have a favorite record in your collection that was a difficult find or is signed? My uh, favorite is Imperial Bedroom, signed by the legendary Elvis Costello. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, record collector. That's been a big part of my life off and on. So this is a really fun question for me. Ken, I want to go to you. Uh, do, do you now, or have you ever collected vinyl? I, I, I wouldn't never say I've collected it, but I own a few and I've gone through phases of, oh, I should go get a vinyl. So I have some, uh, that I cherish Steve Martin comedy albums. I have a lot of uh, uh, Beatles ones that I didn't get, like a friend got for me one time. Um, actually, a couple times, a friend of my hometown was like, hey, I think you'd like these. And one of them is a numbered white album. Um, oh, wow. From back in the day. Um, wow. You know, and we have two record players in our house. So that that was part of the inspiration. Like when we, we moved in together, Grace had hers. And I was like, oh, I should go get some. I have... I have like a 25-year edition of uh, Liz Fair's Exile in Guyville, which is interesting because her 30th edition concert is where I'll be in two weeks. Uh, mm. But every time I go to do it, I don't. So I this, this was a bit of a struggle for me. I, I, I almost feel sad that I haven't found that difficult vinyl to find, you know, the difficult vinyl to find or got anything mm. So, but... Uh- yeah. So, yeah, no, I totally understand what you're saying is that you, this has not been a part of your life to be like, mm -hmm. it's Saturday, I'm going record hunting. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it does sound like you have some favorites in your collection. So what is the most precious to you and, and why? Is it the story? Is it that it's rare? Uh, I think um, I would say I'd love I have uh, um, uh, the, the two. I have to look it up to make sure which I because I, I don't I. That's the bummer thing uh, is they're not up right now. They're in my garage. <laughs> and I'm saying, you know, uh, but the two Steve Martin albums I have, uh, Steve Martin being so, so important to me and, and uh, just a creative influence in a lot of different ways. Uh, I just I just uh, did not intend to get them. Um, and my, again, my friend gifted them to me and then I framed them and I hung them up. And it was uh, just I, for a long time, I'd look up and, and, and just you know, remind me of not only what he did, uh, what he had done, but how he had, um, he's had so many different aspects of his career, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and so he has, it's let's, let's get small, which is the 77, uh, uh, famous one there. And 
I'm trying to find the other one. Uh, I'll get back down that. But that, and then I also have, uh, I, I saw, I've seen him twice in concert uh, do, uh, doing bluegrass, um, including once at the Pantages was a great show. So I think I, I have uh, his uh, album, The Crow, uh, on a uh, bluegrass mm. album uh, as well. Yeah, they, yeah. They seeing him uh, with Martin Short at Hollywood Bowl was that that was a a dream come true. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that is great. Um, Jennifer, are you a, a vinyl collector or owner? I used to have a record collection, um, and I always envisioned myself as an adult being a record collector. And then I go through fits of where I want to clean out everything. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. I think because I tend to be more of a hoarder. And then I'm just like, I can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I had all my old records at my mom's house. And I was like, we just got to clean out everything. I got rid of, all, I think, almost all of them. Wow. Um, I kept a couple uh, punk seven inches that I thought, I was like, oh, this this is, you know, uh, not a uh, mem- it reminds me of something from the past, but I had like Fleetwood Mac. I had Janis Joplin, Crosby, Stills and Nash, tons of classic rock uh, records that I had collected over the years. And I just got rid of them all. And now I'm, I'm so sad. We have no place to have a record player mm. in our house mm. and I wouldn't want my kids messing with it. But I think someday we'll have a record player. And there is something about that sound, right? Of the mm-hmm. the the richness that a record player um, can bring that you can't get on a CD or a cassette tape. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm sad. Maybe I'll have to rebuild my collection. Yeah, no, that, and it, else. it's really hard right now because what's going on with the, the modern moment of, of vinyl. It's, I, I love that it's coming back, but it's all mm-hmm. these uh, re re-releases new pressings with the different colored uh, vinyl. Um, mm. There, there is. Um, I've, I I made a joke about like, eh, yeah, this and this one's got blood spat flatter. And my friend was like, you joke, but there's a I think a, a theme album, a soundtrack album to Halloween that is got like actual fluid between the vinyl, so it sloshes yeah. around with fake blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh been, my. Gosh. Anyway, point being um, that. Uh, from my vinyl collection days, which were mid mid to late nineties, in the in the first bout of vinyl collecting, there were there were albums that were just like there there are ten million. Every human alive in the seventies was issued a copy of Aqualung by Jethro Tull, so it's three dollars. <laughs> yeah, no matter where you go, it's three dollars maybe. Mm-hmm. But now because those are the original records as opposed to reprints. Things that used to be commonplace, even in like the 80s, are starting to ratchet up in price. Ah, oh, shoot. Sorry. That's frustrating. <laughs> right? It might like change. We, it might change again. Uh, yeah, it might change, but I don't know why I do that. Do I do yeah. Yep. I understand. Yeah. I'm exactly like you, except for without the purge part. I just keep and keep and keep, which is <laughs> why we have a, an overflowing storage unit. Um, yeah. Uh, so out of what you, you what you have or what you what you pine for, if you were to walk into a record store with a, a fifty dollar gift card, what would you hope to find, Jennifer? I probably would go for uh, Grateful Dead um, or uh, yeah, anything. Cl- the Fleetwood Mac. Why yeah. did I get rid of that one? Gosh dang! <laughs> <laughs> do uh, do signatures yeah. mean anything to you if you found a an album signed? Uh, uh, by uh i almost said cherry garcia jerry garcia uh, <laughs> would that would that be meaningful for you no i think that it would be more meaningful if i actually like met the person and they signed it like if mm. i saw them it's more about that experience and the actual signature for me mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I mean it certainly adds value to the to the record yeah 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 absolutely 
Um, yeah, I don't have any signed. Al- I take that back. I have a ton of signed albums where the owner has signed the album. Yeah. <laughs> I have lots of property of like Dan Swanson, you know, 1977. <laughs> uh, I have one Sinatra album where clearly the owner got annoyed uh, by the mm. play length. Because uh, it was it was a session where Sinatra got frustrated that he thought it was too similar to other albums, so he said, "We're going to do these arrangements, but we're going to play them twice as fast." So the mm-hmm. album is ridiculously short. Uh, so the guy <sighs> on the back has added up the the. It's not printed on the album. He personally added up and wrote on the back the length of each track, and then like un- angrily underlined is the total playtime of the album. <laughs> Uh, so i do actually have a ton of signed albums not signed by the artist um yeah so uh for me in in the in the uh early to mid 90s when i got into uh sinatra and dean martin and elvis Gerald and all these people um record collecting hunting for the records uh was really fun at the time like i i bought i still bought like nirvana albums and uh, the you know allison chains and things other artists that i liked around that time were putting things out on records again too so it was a a great uh coming together mm-hmm. um f- foolishly um I, I was lucky to get uh some some grants and student loans is how i paid for college but they just send young uh irresponsible people checks <laughs> like <laughs> save this and uh, the record temptation it was bad it was bad so mm-hmm. uh did a lot of record hunting in those days and it was a really interesting time to like uh music from uh, you know, the, the middle of the, the 20th century, 40s, 50s, 60s, because sometimes the only way I would know that an album exists is I would buy one Sinatra or Dean Martin album and it would have the original sleeve still. Mm. And the there'd be, here's all the other albums you could buy. There's one album that was going to be Frank, Dean, and Bing Crosby together that I searched for for years and could never find until I became an adult and read in a book. It, they never made that. <laughs> they advertised it, but didn't exist. Um, uh, anyway, point being, I could, I could share a million different, uh, hunting for, for a Holy Grail record, but, uh, I had seen on a sleeve that there was this, uh, album called, uh, Dream with Dean. It was, uh, this turning point for him and for Tin Pan Alley crooner music, because the next album after this one, he embraced what was called the, the country beat, uh, at the time mm-hmm. and the twangy and, and it made him popular and he sold a bunch of albums because he kind of embraced the, the shift toward rock and and other music uh but he recorded this album called dream with dean and it's just really stripped down really bare there's all old romantic songs but they're sung by somebody who at that point was in his 40s and was kind of like there's a little bit of a wink to it of like mm. these songs are naive youthful love but i'm gonna kind of sing them like they're true anyway great album but i i it was like i don't, I don't know if i'll ever find it it's just a picture on a sleeve Mm. So my brother uh, was loved all the same music and we hunted with him and his girlfriend for records. And I went out one day uh, for the holidays and was like, I'm not looking for myself. I'm looking for my brother and his girlfriend. Mm. And I found this album Mm. and I was like, I can't buy it for myself. Today's mission was (laughs) Christmas gifts. Yeah. Uh, So it was like uh, really trying to be big. You know, I I wrapped it up and I gave it to him, and even he was shocked. He was like, "You didn't keep? Why didn't you keep this for yourself?" Uh, Like I, I had to. Um, And then, uh, like the next week, I found it again. I hadn't Mm -hmm. found it in years of looking for it. Uh, So not only do I love the album, but the actual physical album is like this. I used to call it my Christmas miracle album. 
mm. because it's like I did a good deed. <laughs> I was <laughs> rewarded by the cosmos. See, the mm. kids, there's your lesson for the day. Yep. Dream with Dean, it's called. And now you can buy it on iTunes right now. Easily accessible. <laughs> but back then, it don't, you could only hear it if you found it. it right. A different time. Yeah. Uh, lucky I got my record player back. Have all my records. They're set up in the living room. Uh, some nights we just uh, make martinis and listen to jazz. It's great. So I'm back wow. in hunting mode. But I got to be careful because what do you know? I'm running out of room. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. All right. On to the big finale the Oasis question, <laughs> uh, which I will have nothing to do with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ben Berkowitz asks, what's your favorite post Be Here Now Oasis tracks? And then Ben also offers his list via Spotify if uh, any patrons want to check that out. Right. Is there, is that a hyperlink? I was, I told, apologize, Ben. I was going to look at that. Uh, I got to, uh, nope, I'll find it. Uh, and oh, also, sorry, because this is the way we are. I also own a wild and crazy guy. That's the famous Steve Martin one. But I got confused right. because the picture was also used for the cover of his book, Born Standing Up. And I was like, that's not the name of it. Uh, yes. And then I also forgot, and Joseph, I will sell it to you if you want it. Uh, the Return of Bruno, the studio album from Bruce Willis. I have it in vinyl. Um, <laughs> oh. You know, I, I've seen that one a couple of times. I don't think that one is yeah, not quite a as expensive. Not a okay. Um, all right. So, yeah, quickly as I, I, I can to, to not bore any non-Oasis. No, take your time. Take your. I took uh, my time with Dream with Dean. Take your Oasis time. Don't 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 Dean. rush through it for the Oasis fans out there. So the, the story, you know, uh, they, they they show up in '93 uh, uh, with uh, definitely maybe that's the Live Forever is the big single from that. Uh, one of the great uh, radio rock songs of all time, I think. Uh, uh, 95 is uh, What's the Story of Morning Glory with Wonderwall and Don't Look Back in Anger and Champagne Supernova and all this stuff. So 97, they're at the height of their power. Wonderwall. They're, Wonderwall. they're the Wonderwall yeah. people. Okay. And now, yeah. and now here's here we Wonderwall. go. Uh, 97, they come out with a much anticipated third album called Be Here Now. It is an album that is both a complete mess and also I think time has proven it to be underrated. Uh, but it is their cocaine album. So we had mentioned this on a previous yeah. episode uh, of how bands, their first album is, man, the struggle is real and we want to get out of our town, out of our small town, Manchester, and live the dream. By the third album, it's like all my friends are hanging around and they just stole my drugs. And that's kind of what Be Here Now is. So that's why the, that's the dividing line. But from then on, the band, it's never, they never, I, I, I unfortunately re recapture the glory, I think. Uh, but there's some great songs on there. So, yeah, uh, their 2000 album, Standing on, on the Shoulder of Giants, there's a back-to-back, -back, uh, uh, Noel Gallagher kind of led um, two songs called Where Did It Go All Go Wrong and Sunday Morning Call. These these hit me at the perfect time in my life when I was uh, really just, just massaging depression into an identity. Uh, as a brand uh, and these two songs just absolutely just where did it all go wrong I'm 24 I don't know that answer good question Noel and I absolutely um, love that and, it, and it's a pretty good album and I saw that's when I saw them on tour the most was in support of that album uh, so there's that. Oh, and also track one on that is effing in the bushes but not the censored uh, title uh, and that has often been my stand-up comedy intro song. Uh, it's uh, yeah. has no lyrics other than a sound sample uh, where that phrase is said. Uh, but it's actually great. It's a great rock song. Rock song. Uh, then they come out with Heathen uh, Chemistry in 2002. The lineup of the band is changing. Nolan Liam, the fights between them were never an act. They were very real. They don't speak to each other right now. Uh, so there's not a lot on there. Little, little by little is a good song. Stop crying your heart out was the big single. Little plotting for me. 
Uh, Songbird, Liam Gallagher actually wrote a song about his, I think, his son at the time. It's cute, but eh. Um, And unfortunately, that album kind of fades away fast. But in 2005, they released one of my favorite albums, Don't Believe the Truth. Uh, And on it is uh, Lila. Uh, That's a great song. And there's a song called A Bell Will Ring, uh, written by Jem Archer, one of the new members of the band that I think is great. And there's there's two songs. There's a song called Mucky Fingers. And the first time I heard it, I went, oh, no, this is lazy. What are you doing? It's four minutes of like one quarter. Like, I was like, ah. Then I saw them do the song live and it was a slap in the face. It's, it's my, one of my favorite Oasis songs. Uh, it's underrated. Uh, got some great stuff. And then on the track is absolutely a top five Oasis song for me. It's called Keep the Dream Alive, uh, written by uh, Andy Bell, actually, a new member of the band. And it is, um, it's 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 one of those songs that's just too real for me. And the genius of Oasis for me is that they aren't um, they aren't uh, s- super uh, you know poignant artists who are writing uh, some really deep stuff. Their lyrics are written with a pint in their hands, and they're meant to be sung in a pub at, at midnight. Uh, nice. and, and keep the dream alive is that, and it's a very you know, my dreams are gone and I don't know why. And I have the answers when I wake up in the morning, they're gone. And that's not the exact lyrics, but that's the, the, the image man. And keep the dream alive is absolutely, I would contend one of the best Oasis songs and it gets overlooked. I think in 2008, they came out with an album called dig out your soul. And that's when you can tell the end was nigh. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of shock of the lightning. So, okay, I'm looking at it now. Bag it up is uh, all right. That's all right. Uh, and then the band broke up after that. So, and uh, never to be uh, re- reunited, they claim. Um, I just saw Noel Gallagher live in concert. His High Flying Birds uh, band, which is just, it's called Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, uh, has some of his best songwriting. He, I, I really think it, it's some of his best work. And I highly recommend you check it out if you're Oasis fans who haven't taken that dive. Liam's got BDI, some solo stuff. Uh, Liam's always going to be one of my favorite lead singers, but... Um, not the songwriter that Noel was. So there you go. That's my journey and many concerts. That's when I saw them in concert from like 1998 to about 2008, a lot. So love seeing them. Well, I'm going to be seeing uh, Guns N' Roses, uh, Axel, Slash, and Duff together for the third time. Nice. Uh, the the, the uh, band that would never, ever get back again. They're, they're mm. now multiple years into their ne- not-in-this-lifetime tour, making fun of themselves for claiming <sighs> they would never get back together. Right. So what I'm saying, Ken, is there's hope. It would be spectacular now. Now more than ever, they just so legitimately hate each other. And look, I know you know Don Henley and Glenn Frey at one point just hated each other. They hell froze over there. Uh, Fleetwood Mac. I mean, yeah, even Buckingham mm-hmm. Mac hating them right now, and they hate Buckingham. Like it, 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 it is what it is. And I know Axel and Slash. It's it's one of the great uh, friendships slash frenemy ships that's gone on throughout history. But yeah, I would love to see it. Yeah, uh, I'd love to see it. So good stuff. And yeah, yo, go ahead. I was, this is like the second or third time we've had a specific Oasis question asked for me. And I was trying to figure that out other than uh, obviously I, I talk about it a lot. But but I think uh, our primary love of Star Wars definitely connects with hearts of people in the UK because of the connection over there. So I think mm. we have a, a good amount of UK listeners who are like always interested to hear my Oasis takes. And I love that. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I do know Wonderwall. I have heard that many times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good. I like it. And, I, and I, I don't think I've ever heard you describe them that way as – that the, it is their pub songs. And that makes yeah. me, that, that helps me get into the, the groove of what they are. So I'm going to have to give them, yeah, yeah, the, the, give the, them more of a listen. 
they they famously fought with Blur in the Britpop Wars, and it was kind of a press manufactured d- uh, feud in in the mid nineties. Uh, but some war words. I think at one point Axel and Liam exchanged war words. They're they're you know that was part of the Oasis brand. They're they're mm-hmm. fighting they're fighting boys from Manchester. But yeah, it was uh, Blur makes music for Sunday morning, and Oasis makes music for Saturday nights. And 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 I think if you look at them through that lens, yeah, they're they're not the world's greatest poets. But man, you're gonna have a lot of fun singing with them. Nice. And just to bring everything full circle, would you want a album signed uh, by either? Would you want an album where they're uh, cussing one another out in their signatures? So, yeah, well, I would like, um, there is famously a release, a 25, 22 minute argument between them that was recorded and released in like 93, 94. Uh, I think under the name Wibbling Rivalry. Uh, I think someone correct me in a while. And and yeah, it charted. It charted in like UK. It was just them (laughs) fighting because they used to fight. Was there a dance track put to the back of it or was it just raw audio anger? It's Nolan Liam fighting. Like all that stuff was real. And and that was part of the, just the madness and, and the entertainment of it. So yes, I would love that. The danger, Liam, they both seem like good blokes if you run into them. Liam has that slightly that Paul Westerberg energy where the stories of people who've met Westerberg and are lifelong replacement fans and he does not give a damn and is kind of grumpy. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> Liam has that energy. Noel, by all accounts, though, comes off and is, I would say, is arrogant in a lot of interviews playing his persona. All accounts is a just a good simple-hearted bloke who just wants to watch football and drink beer you know like uh, i was reading uh, emily haynes of metric they just went on tour with uh, him and garbage and, and she said Noel couldn't have been more of a gentleman and more just down to earth and approachable um mm. i want an autograph from him i'd be afraid to approach liam <laughs> <laughs> and jennifer you do you have any oasis thoughts to add to uh to ken's impassioned uh thoughts I don't have many. I, the pub songs, definitely the best description. Because when you, you hear them, you might be out at a pub. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's great kind of, I don't want to say background music, but it just mm-hmm. kind of adds, it adds to the ambiance. Um, I was listening to some of their their albums last night. Uh, there was one song I really liked from 2002, Cry, Stop Crying Your Heart Out. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it was a single from them. Yeah, and it, it is good. It's good. It, it, I described it as plotting earlier because it, it had a little bit of the, uh, they're trying to get back to what they did and maybe maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they should do something new. But yes, it's a good song. Stop crying your heart. Right, exactly. That maybe that's why I kinda liked it was because it does it did kind of feel like what they used to do. Mm-hmm. It also reminded me of like uh, an episode of the OC, which was around that time. <laughs> yes. Right? That yes. kind of vibe. Phantom um, Phantom Planet doing the theme song of that with uh, Jason <laughs> Schwartzman on drums. Yes, yes, yes. Ben-a-na-na. But I like Oasis. Yeah. They are they're a good band and yeah. yeah, even if they're they're drunk, I don't know. It adds it adds yeah. to their there's there's a there's a fun <laughs> distinction between like sit and listen to this music and appreciate mm-hmm. all the nuances and have this music as a companion yeah. uh, to other activities. There's you know it, it's it's kind of a joke and parody, but there was the 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 string of Jackie Gleason uh, kind of easy listening jazz albums that were all uh, many of them were named mm-hmm. music to blank by you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm drink by or make love by or whatever, make love in the, in the older context of romance, not just straight up have sex, (laughs) Uh, which is always a shock when you're listening to a Frank Sinatra song called mind. If I make love to you, like very forward, Frank, very forward. Oh, Oh, you mean woo, woo. Got it. Okay. Uh, But, but I, I, I almost feel like it's fun to go through other albums or other artists you like and go, 
if this was called music to blank by, what would it be? And mm. it sounds like Oasis is music to get in a fight in a pub by. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fight, yeah. But but also, you know, clap onto your your buddy's shoulders and go, yeah, are we having a great night? Yeah, I'm just bounce along. Yeah, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Nice music to bounce in a pub by. Then yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Lovely. Well, those are our questions. You want to take us home, Ken? I do. I do. I do. Thanks for listening. Thanks for these questions. We absolutely love doing it. You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We are on Threads as well. Others uh, could be happening. Uh, we'll let you know. Of course, Facebook pages, Force Center Podcast, Instagram, and YouTube. Don't forget, at the time of this release tomorrow, October twenty seventh, two p.m. Pacific, will be our next live show. Questions of the other variety uh, coming your way, and then uh, podcasts available a lot of different spots. Apple Podcasts, like we said earlier, get leave us a review over there. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. You can follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, kennapsock.com. And then speaking of music, this has been one of my fun little projects I've been working really hard on, and it's finally uh, out in the world. Uh, I have no musical talent, but I have seven songs on the way written with Brian B.C. Tiller and old handsaw Sean Arnold. We are called the Moonagers. It's a little band project. And our first song, which I described to friends as if Tom Petty sang an Oasis B-side from 1997. Uh, first song is on the way November 3rd. You can get it on Bandcamp and other spots everywhere. More information coming soon. Jennifer, uh, where can they find you and your favorite pub songs? I can't wait for that album. I can't wait. It's going to be so great. Um, you can find me on TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138 and YouTube, Instagram, where I'm posting all things retro at Jennifer Landa. Wonderful. Joseph, take us home where they can find all your wonderful projects. Yeah, you can find me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm freshening up my website, josephscrimshaw.com, to have more recent stuff. So you can find links there to uh, the various film festivals uh, where the short horror film, The Nightmare Adorable, that I've been working on, you can find uh, if it is playing anywhere near you uh, right now. It is going to be playing soon in Bulgaria, in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, and I'm going to be in Mobile, Alabama for the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival. If you're into cosmic horror, check it out. It is a great film festival i'm excited for that one and i've recently put out uh for spooky times a cosmic horror story that i wrote and uh, did a, a reading of uh it is called the beast that ate the dawn and it is a fictional uh it is by a fictional writer uh that this writer allegedly wrote this story in 1923 and it is about a frustrated writer who is uh, trying to write ad copy for a breakfast cereal but in the process discovers Horror, absolute horror. So if that sounds like fun, you can find that on my Bandcamp. Check it out. Oh, it's all tied to such a wonderful project there. Also, uh, the Beast of Eight to Dawn is Joseph's heavy metal album coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Slash on guitar. There you go. Hey, everybody, a lot of fun. Thanks for the questions. We'll see you next time here on Others. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.